0: This is The Engaging Missions Show, episode 268. This week, we're talking with Anne White of Courage for Life about allowing God's Word to bring healing and restoration. Boy, was I wrong.
1: A Christian should be real. You know, church should be the safest place for broken sinners to go.
0: Welcome to The Engaging Missions
1: Show, where we are bringing missions home. Here's your host, Brian Ensignal.
0: Thanks so much for stopping by, and welcome to the show. We want to see the body of Christ fully connected and engaged in what God's doing. And I do want to mention, I probably don't mention this often enough, but if you would like to get the links and the show notes and everything delivered right to your inbox, you can visit engagingmissions.com slash subscribe and choose email as the option, and then those will be coming to you every time there's a new episode. So you'll get those links right there in your inbox. I would like to say a quick welcome to Christy, who recently liked the Engaging Missions Facebook page if you're interested in connecting there as well facebook.com/engagingmissions is the place to do that before we get into our featured segment i'd like to thank our sponsor love never fails international love never fails international is a christian organization on a mission to break poverty over the children of india through community outreach centers education feeding clothes healthcare mentorship and the gospel of jesus christ one way that you can get involved is through child sponsorship Sponsorship doesn't just alleviate the symptoms of poverty. It puts kids on a path out of it. As a sponsor, you will help provide a safe place for children and become part of a team of people impacting the life of a child. Signing up is easy. Choose a child. Make a $39 a month commitment that you can cancel at any time and then grow along with your child, feeling more fulfilled in your life. Would you pray today about sponsoring a child with Love Never Fails International? If you'd like more information about what God's doing or, or if you're ready to sponsor a child, head on over to engagingmissions.com love and then click on Sponsor a Child. Thanks again to Love Never Fails International for sponsoring the Engaging Missions show. All right. Today, I'm just so incredibly happy to have with me Anne White. She's a well-known author and a speaker. She's a Bible teacher, a lay missionary, and a talk show host. Her ministry, Courage for Life, was founded out of her calling to share how God and His Word have brought restoration in her life and her marriage. And not only does her book, Courage for Life, bring restoration, hope, and healing, but her organization is also working on developing or actually has developed an audio Bible voiced entirely by females. Anne, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Brian, so much for having me. It's wonderful to be with you today.
0: Oh, this is, this is totally my pleasure, and I so appreciate the opportunity to do this. I, it's just astounding to me what God does sometimes through us. As we get started, I'd like to spend a little bit of time getting to know you. Some of our listeners may not know you, and one of the things that really piqued my interest was the, the fact that your ministry flowed out of what God's done in your life. And I'm sure that you've shared your story before, but for those who aren't familiar with you, can you share a little bit about how God's Word has impacted your life and your marriage?
1: Sure, absolutely. You know, I was saved at age 19. And like so many of us do when we get saved, I didn't have someone there specifically discipling me and showing me the way. And so I just kind of, uh, I knew to carry my Bible to church every Sunday morning. That was about the extent of what I knew of God's Word and and uh, listening to the pastor and getting that encouragement. But I would always recognize that throughout the week, I was not really carrying that message with me on a day-to-day basis. So that went on for about... 20 years and having come from a difficult childhood and bringing that kind of into my teenage years and then into my married years and raising children and so <laughs> forth you just kind of you just kind of get to a place where you're just doing the very best that you can with what you've got. But many times we're dragging baggage along with us. And so that's what I found myself doing was dragging along this codependency and insecurities and issues. Even after being saved, those were hindering my spiritual walk with the Lord, and I just didn't know what to do. So going through life and we run into trials and situations we often do, where do we turn? If we have the Holy Spirit, you know, working obviously all the time, in us. He's leading us towards all truth, and He's guiding us there, and He's calling out to us to turn to Him and to lean on Him in our times of difficulty. And so as God so perfectly would have it, He allowed me to get to my end, the end of myself, where I so desperately needed Him. And at that point, He led me to a place where I began to study the Bible inductively and just fell in love. I was just hungering and thirsting for His Word because every word I got was like healing and hope to my heart. And so that was my introduction to really discovering how, how important it is as Christians for our spiritual growth and just for life in general, for us to be in His Word on a regular, consistent basis.
0: Yeah, for for those that may not be familiar, there there's a, h- how was inductive different from how you were approaching scripture before.
1: Well, for how I was approaching scripture before, I might say, you know, here's something that I believe I've learned to believe as a child, and you know, I know that's in the Bible, or maybe I heard a cliche as a child, and I'd say I'm sure that's in the Bible somewhere. Let me go look for it, you know, or I'd hear a verse or a passage preached on a Sunday morning, and I would hang my hat on, on that, not realizing that. This is an incomplete book from beginning to end, from Genesis 1 1 all the way to Revelation, the very last chapter. It's all a complete redemptive story of God's love for his people. And so, what we learn throughout that, we really need to have it all in context because it's so easy to take it out of context. For example, if you were going to read a novel, you wouldn't just open the middle and start reading and expect to understand, correct? And so that's really how I found God's Word to be. If I want to understand the entire story of the Lord and His relationship with mankind, I really need to to understand the whole thing. I need to read this from beginning to end, and that's what I began doing. And a whole world opened up to me. Now, is the New Testament important? Do I need to read the book of John? Can I get a lot out of that? Absolutely. 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 Can I get comfort and healing out of verses? Will God use verses in my life and that strengthen me at a time when I'm, I need it the most? Absolutely. But there's so much more.
0: I appreciate you sharing that. I'm, I'm wondering... There there are probably some of those things that we think of out of co- context. For example, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven comes mm-hmm. immediately to mind because the context of that was really important. Where has God begun to deepen that relationship with you and help you understand things a little bit differently?
1: Well, I mean, that's a great verse to bring up. There are several of them that when we look at the context, when God is promising uh, the Israelites, you know, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, a so plan to, for you to prosper and for you to have hope. They're in captivity when he gives them that message. And so I never realized that before. And I thought, okay, God, your plans are for to prosper me. Why is this bad stuff happening? Well, he was saying that to the Israelites when they still had 70 years left in captivity. He was not telling them. He said, my plans are good for you, but you're where you need to be right now. And this is going to be a difficult time. So settle in and make the best of it. And I will help you through it. You know, God doesn't tell us that we're not going to experience difficult times and trials and tribulations. What he does tell us, though, is he's with us every step of the way. And he's going to use that because God uses everything for his good and for his glory for those who love Him, and so if we will simply understand that, yes, God has plans for us, plans to prosper us, plans to give us a hope and a future, but our current situation might not look so great. It doesn't mean He's forgotten us. It doesn't mean He doesn't have a good plan. It simply means this is part of His plan, and it might be a time of needing to learn to lean on Him more. And when you go through those valleys, and Brian, I know you probably know this and, and a lot of our, your listeners I'm sure do as well, but when we go through those valleys, sometimes that's when we turn to the Lord the most and we get to know Him and we get these incredible experiences of Him embracing us and carrying us through things that we know on our own human efforts we could not get through on our own.
0: Yeah, totally. And it's it's almost like you're reading through the notes that I took before we started recording because you're hitting on some <laughs> of the things I thought might be interesting to talk about. One of the mm-hmm. things I've been wondering though is, okay, you you started studying the scripture inductively. You understand Jeremiah 29:11 a little bit differently now. Did did you then immediately launch your ministry? What what was that launching or how, how did you get led into that ministry?
1: Well, no. I was a Bible teacher probably for 10-12 years and I had never dealt with some of the things that had come into my life throughout my childhood. We were a dysfunctional but eclectic family. My dad was very successful. My mom was a homemaker, but they had a very dysfunctional relationship and it was a, it was an abusive home, very emotionally abusive home. And so as I as a little girl, I began to just absorb all this in and you kind of began to create these patterns of coping in your life. And mine became denial, disassociation, all these different things that I've learned, all these psychology terms over time of having to deal with it. But I carried all that, like I said, into my teenage years, into my married life, into my raising of my children, not realizing how much damage it was doing to me and to those that I was I love, those that are around me. Because we developed these triggers, we develop these coping mechanisms, we develop these issues, and they impact those that we love around us. If we don't deal with trauma in our lives, I never knew what that trauma was doing to the rest of my life until it got so bad that I had to hit the floor. I mean, it was just, my life was crumbling around me. I was in my 40s and I was a Bible teacher. And that made it, I think, even a little bit worse (laughs) because I was teaching two (laughs) classes on Sunday morning. You know, I was doing a lot and, you know, encouraging people to be set free. At the same time, I'd go home and I wasn't truly set free. You know, Christ died for freedom. Galatians 5 1 is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Therefore, we need to stand firm. And not be subject to the yoke of slavery anymore. And I was a slave to that that pain and that trauma that had been in my life as a child.
0: Wow, I appreciate you sharing that. I'm, I'm interested a little bit in how this worked itself out in your life. And, and the reason I'm asking is because it seems like sometimes there's a group of people that would say, "Well, you just need to to pray and trust God, and He'll take care of it mm-hmm. all." And there's a camp that'll say, "Well, you just need to dig into the Word and remind yourself of God's promises." and and I think that there's also maybe some action that's required. So how did how did this work itself out in in your life?
1: No, what I learned is I kept trying to pile more Jesus on it. I kept trying to think, okay, if I'm in his word more, if I'm praying more, if I'm teaching more, if I'm doing more for the Lord, if I'm, you know, this has got to fix this stuff. And it didn't. For me, it was a matter of dealing with the way I think and some of the baggage that I've held on to. You know, God created our brains and they're very um complicated. But when we take memories of trauma and we put them in our brains, many times if we've developed that coping skill of denial or disassociation, you're trying to disassociate yourself from that memory. I had to understand that, number one, I had developed a pattern of codependency. And that was feeling like I needed to caretake everybody else in my life. Because of the things that I witnessed my mom doing. And so she she was a codependent. She modeled that for me. I became a codependent. She dealt with things by denying them or trying to cover them up. That's how I began to deal with pain and hurt in my life was by denial and covering up. And so in order to break those habits, you first have to understand you've got them. And so the Lord, I think, was just so kind to me. He first prepared me by allowing me to become a student of His Word. And so I was grounded in His Word. He drew me in and wrapped His loving arms around me. And I had a wonderful, have a wonderful relationship, but I had grown to have a wonderful relationship with the Lord. But there was still something missing. I was still in bondage. I was still hiding. I was scared to death to tell anyone. I wouldn't tell my friends. I wouldn't tell anyone the pain. That I was dealing with internally because I was too afraid to share it. I was too afraid to be judged. I was too afraid to let it come out. And so the Lord just allowed it to implode on me to a point where that's where my book Courage for Life really tells the story of that moment in time that I came to the breaking point of myself I was in Israel. It was 2012, May 29th, the day after my birthday in Israel with a church group with our pastor and his wife, who my husband are very close to. And my son was with me on the trip. My husband and I were struggling. I was struggling. And I got back to my room that night. I'm on the Sea of Galilee in the room overlooking the Sea of Galilee. And I got back and I was an emotional mess. And I hit the floor. And so I talk about that experience in the book, Courage for Life, just to tell people I was at that kind of end point, And I finally said, Lord, I've tried to do everything I can, everything that I know to do to save myself, to save my marriage, to, to save this family. I can't do it. Obviously, what I'm doing is not working. So I hit the floor and I said, Lord, just tell me what to do. I'll do whatever you tell me. And you know what he told me, Brian? No. He said, I want you to take a piece of paper. I want you to take that piece of paper right there on that end table beside that bed. I want you to get a pen, and I want you to write down the reality of what's going on to you in your life, and I want you to take it to your pastor. Hmm. And this is someone that we'd been traveling with. My husband and I are very close. We'd been members there for 18, 19 years at that point, and traveling great friends with them for 14, 15 years and traveled with them. They had no clue. They had absolutely no clue that there was anything wrong. Like I said, I was a Bible teacher. I'm teaching two classes on Sunday mornings. Everything looks perfect because that's what I thought I was supposed to show. I thought I was supposed to walk in church and pretend that everything was just wonderful, that we had the perfect family, that I had all together. I thought that's what the Christians should look like. And I boy, was I wrong. A Christian should be real. You know, church should be the safest place for broken sinners to go. Hmm. to feel safe to go in. And so often it's not. So often we go in and we feel like we have to pretend that we've got it all together so we won't be judged.
0: Man, I, I, I love that. As I'm thinking about your story, one of the astounding things, it's the way God works, but one of the astounding things is now God has you ministering out of this place mm-hmm. that he, where He's created strength out of your weakness. And mm-hmm. that, that to me seems really, really cool. I, I'm wondering, as you sit down with a lady or sit down with a group of ladies for the first time and you, you start to minister with them, what does that first conversation about engaging with Scripture and receiving God's healing go like?
1: You know, the first thing that I want to tell them when I sit down there is you're not alone. You know, we all have pain. We all have struggles and suffering. I have a story. You have a story. Our story may look very different. Yours may be much more difficult. As a matter of fact, many of the women we work with that are incarcerated or in battered women's shelters, or, you know, being cared for, they have stories that are a lot more tragic than mine. But we all have a story. And God's Word can bring hope and healing. And so the first thing that I talk to them about is really a testimony. I think that's the important, one of the most important things and tools that we have for sharing the gospel with people is our personal testimony, the change that it's made in our life. I know, That's what we talk about when we do international missions. That's what we talk about first when we get to a new group in prison if we're or in jail where we're talking to a group of women. The first thing that they want to know is, can I trust you? And until they realize that you're a real person, you're not there judging them, that you've had pain in your life because pain recognizes pain. Mm. And it kind of begins to tear those walls down and they begin to trust you. And then you can speak into their lives and you can speak God's word and you can share with them. This is what God's word has done for me, how he has healed my heart, given me courage where I never thought there would be courage to do things that he's calling me to do. It's been an amazing transformation. And so from that moment in that hotel room in Israel. Several years later, I went directly and started into counseling. And basically, I don't have a counseling degree, but I should have with everything I've
0: learned. <laughs> I've
1: got a lot of certificates and so forth. But I just really dove in because I got I want to understand, you know, we we go for physical healing. Can his word heal us? Can he miraculously heal us? Absolutely. We can have a physical illness, and he can miraculously heal us. He can heal the pain that we're struggling with. Absolutely, God can do that. But many times he chooses to allow us to learn, and I think that's what he did in my case, was allowed me to learn about how my brain works, how my thought processes work, so that I can then in turn help these women who have a lot of trauma in their lives, even more trauma than what I experienced as a child.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Man, that, that's powerful. One of the things that came out of your ministry, one of the, I think that flowed from the ministry that you're doing, is an audio Bible. And I definitely want to spend some time talking about that because I think audio Bibles are really powerful. But m- my question for you is a lot of different ways to minister to, to women. Why an mm-hmm. audio Bible?
1: Oh my gosh. Well, I knew that God's word was foundational. Um, we travel to South Asia every year. And when I do, I work with um, Charles Stanley's ministry, In Touch Ministries, and also they're partnered with Mega Voice to take mm-hmm. in Bible audio players. And so those go around the world that's getting God's word to people that may not have it, for it in print form and may not need it in print form because they may not be able to read or write. So quite often the villages that we go in, there are 50, over 50% of the people are illiterate. So I was taking those over every year. And so as we began to work with women that were incarcerated, we realized that many, I would say the majority of the women that are incarcerated, and sure men are also in the same situation, read on about a third to fourth grade reading level. Wow. So an audio Bible is very important for getting God's Word, because many of them are intimidated by God's Word. And so we know a print Bible is wonderful, and we also knew that a translation was important. So we got together with Tyndale, and we said, we would like to record an audio Bible in a woman's voice. Now, that came out of working in at-risk facilities and working with incarcerated women, because it is is a proven fact that when you're working with a woman who's had trauma in her life, you work with gender-specific treatment. You're going to bring in a woman to work with that woman, not a man. You're going to use, you know, different things that are female-related, you know, because it's going to comfort and lead that traumatized little girl, you know, to the place that she needs to go, especially at the beginning as you're working with them. But the same was true with God's Word. We know that subconsciously, a man's voice often reminds a woman of their abuser, and it's a trigger for them. Whether they consciously realize it or not is a trigger, and that's been proven. So we said, well, we need this audio Bible, but we need it in a woman's voice. So as we began to go and look, we could not find one that was produced that didn't have drama. We found some New Testaments that were produced, and they were very dramatized. We wanted God's Word, our— Our dream at that particular time, and that dream is coming true, was just to record a Bible in a woman's voice that was soothing, comforting, loving, and so that you could just listen to it and you could listen to it all day long. It would just be something that would draw you in. And that's what we've created. We used, for the New Testament, we used 12 recording artists. They were voiceover artists that are Christian women. Out mm-hmm. of California, we used uh, Phil Cook and Cook Media Group, along with a McByron, who's a two time Grammy nominated recording artist and a voiceover artist who's a passionate you know he and his wife are passionate for the Lord. He was our producer and is our producer as we're recording the Old testament and we have just been blessed. I mean we are so excited we've got the New Testament is out now with our audio Bible app, and we wanted to make it available free. To everyone, You know, God's wow. word should be available to everyone. So we have people in the UK, we have people in Canada, we have people in New Zealand, I did an interview in New Zealand and Canada and, you know, all over because they can download this audio Bible, and they just go to their app store on their Android or their Apple device, and go to courage for life Bible and download it for free listen to the new testament listen to the testimonies of the recording artists and we've put commentary with it and that commentary Brian is comes from my teaching years of to where when we go into a book of the bible i always uh, recommend that all of my students and the women that we work with begin at the beginning of that book and read the book all the way through did you know that it the New Testament is obviously a little shorter than the Old Testament, but in order to mm-hmm. listen to the whole Bible, it takes only eighty hours. Now think about that's that's an hour a day for eighty days. Eighty days you can listen to the entire Bible from yeah. cover to cover. So it's an incredible tool. We have over two thousand downloads already. We're just it's been only released a little less than two months. People are excited, loving it. The reviews are incredible, but even more importantly. It's for those women we're working with. And so here in the next couple of weeks, it will be uploaded to over 50,000 tablets in one of our states where we work in the prison systems. And then shortly thereafter, the tablets of another state that we're working in is over 30,000 tablets. So over 80,000 inmates will have access to God's word. And that's both men and women are going to be receiving this privilege of laying down in their beds at night and just listening to God's Word.
0: Yeah, that's powerful. And I, I appreciate you sharing the the importance of using a female's voice. For me, I being a guy, I prefer a man's voice when I listen to the Scripture, and I totally get that. How much more important is it when there's real psychological stuff going on there as well? Not just a preference, but an actual challenge, a hurdle to overcome. I appreciate you, mm-hmm. that you're taking those hurdles out of the way. I'm wondering... Have, have you started hearing any stories of what making this audio Bible available for women is doing for them?
1: Yes, we've gotten feedback from people who are listening who are saying, yeah, find myself getting lost in the Word, which is a beautiful place mm. to be. If you're going to get lost in something, let's get lost in God's yeah. Word. <laughs> and one thing that I heard, um, one of our associates is a gentleman that helps to you know, navigate some of these relationships with our prison systems. He's very familiar with the Department of Corrections and so forth. But he was in uh, two men's prisons just last week. He was sharing back with us, and he said he was asking the men, this is somewhere where we don't have the Bible at yet. It'll be one of the states we'll be going into and, and presenting hmm. here very shortly. But anyway, he was, he was there with some of the inmates, the male inmates, and he said to them, um, hey, If you had they had their tablets out and they were working on their tablets. And he said, if you had access to get to download an audio Bible, would you would you want that? And they said, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And then he said, "Okay." he said, if you could have it in a male or a female voice, which one would you want? And he said, unanimously, these men said female. And I'll tell you why. Absolutely. And let me tell you why. And this is something that was God knew this. I just love it when he knows things way before we do. And we come in and we say, oh, God, you already had this covered. Right. These men, the majority of the men that are incarcerated today, it's probably been this way for many, many years, come from fatherless homes. They've been abandoned or abused quite often by men as well. If anyone ever presented Christ to them or led them to the Lord or to even mentioned Christ to them, it was a woman in their life. It was their mother or their aunt or their grandmother. Wow! And so it reminds them of that. When you listen to our audio Bible app, we have many, many men downloading this app. When you listen, it's just one of those things that's just comforting. It really is. It's a, it's pretty incredible. It's just a, it's a God thing. He's the one who has, has brought our donors alongside to be able to provide for us to do this professional, to make it something that is everlasting, that will last a lifetime.
0: I appreciate you sharing that. As, as I'm thinking about this, it's great to hear about the short-term fruit, but my suspicion is that you're really in this for the long mm-hmm. haul, that you want to see God do something incredible over the next generation or two. What are you hoping mm-hmm. to see Him accomplish through what you're doing with Him over the next generation or so?
1: We know, Brian, we're in a a state in our culture today where we take God's word for granted and we take God for granted. I think so often we're finding people pushing him out rather than inviting him in. And we know that when Christ gave his life and ascended to the right hand of the Father, he left two things for us here on earth. He left us the Holy Spirit to lead, guide, and direct us you know, to, to help us with the process to lead us into all truth. And he left God's word. Hmm. And those are the two things that make our relationship with the Lord and our spiritual life here on earth complete. Now, when we get saved quite often, people think that, okay, I've got my ticket to heaven. That's all I need. Now I'll just go on living life until I die because I'm okay. I'm saved period. But God didn't save us just for heaven's sake. He saved us So that we could be free here on earth as well. Not just free eternity and eternity, but free here from that self-shame, that self-condemnation, from the, the burdens of insecurities and the sufferings and walking alone through hard trials. He wants to be close to us. And the closer we get, the more free we are. And the two things that are going to get us there is our prayer life with the Holy Spirit and just leaning into the Lord through that relationship and being in His Word. You know, Arnie Cole with Back to the Bible, they did a significant study and found that those who are in God's Word four or more times a week, it's called the power of four, you can, you can Google it and look it up, but it's those who are in God's Word four or more times a week, their lives look very different than those who are not.
0: You know what? I had not heard of that, but I'm taking notes as you're talking because I'm going to look that one up. And for, <laughs> for those awesome. listening, I'll be able to, I'll make sure to list that as well as a link to the Bible app in the show notes, because I definitely want you guys to connect with that. I just downloaded it. I'll be checking out that app as well. Now, Anne, as I'm thinking about the ministry that you have, you travel, you speak, you teach, you're involved in mm-hmm. prison ministry, all kinds of different stuff. What what keeps you going when you when it gets tough or you start to get tired?
1: The Lord period. There there are lots of times I get discouraged. You know, hmm. Satan is a has a way. He knows how to get to me. He gets me busy and then he gets me discouraged. And running a ministry is not an easy task. I mean, especially when like what we're running, God, it just in the last 5 years has done some just really huge things. I think we're in that season where the Lord says, "It's time for a revival. It's time for a revival in my people." And for us, he's called us to bring that revival to our incarcerated people. We're incarcerating women at twice the rate of men these days. Really? Um, we're the largest incarcerator of women in the world. So it is critical that we face this. But these women, many of them have mental health issues. I was talking with one of the folks on a federal level that helps to oversee the implementation of the First Step Act, which is our prison reform act that was as a bipartisan legislation that's just been signed and Hmm. in talking with him and looking at going into some of the federal prisons and working with the women there is what what our next step is prayerfully going to be he was saying one of their greatest concerns in working with the women is the mental health crisis because with the opioid addictions and the drug addictions out there There's so many, many people, and it's men and women both, but what we find in working with the women, that's primarily who we work with. And what we find is that they come from trauma in their past. As a child, they they dealt with some trauma. They were introduced to drugs. So they began to self-medicate to try and overcome the pain of that trauma. They got addicted to those drugs. And then quite often they had to either steal or prostitute themselves to pay for the drugs to keep that habit going. And while they did choose to do some bad things, those were poor choices, they weren't well equipped to be able to make better choices. So part of what we do is we go in and we do classes called Courage for My Life, and we train volunteers to go in and work in the prison system um, with groups of women and help them walk through what we call the seven steps to courage. And that came out of my book. So in the book Courage for Life and in the Bible Study Companion that goes along with it, it really works through a biblically based walk through being set free. And that's what we do with these women, help them to see that God wants to give them the courage to make better choices, to put good, healthy boundaries in place, you know, so that they won't be persuaded and and driven to make these poor choices by anybody else. It'll be their decision and they can make a better choice and a better place in life. I was reading a tweet Just the other day, and and this is what I say to people so often, is that when you impact the life of a woman, an incarcerated woman, you impact a family. Hmm. When a man goes to jail, you know, he's like, where's my lawyer? When a woman goes to jail, she says, where are my children?
0: Man, I just have this sense that maybe there's somebody listening who as the scripture says about the two men on the road to Emmaus, that their hearts Mm -hmm. burned within them when they began to recognize that they were walking with Christ. And maybe Mm -hmm. there's somebody right now that as we're talking, their heart's beginning to burn about this particular issue, this particular thing, and they're maybe starting to wonder if they need to find a way to get involved. What would you suggest as a first step for them where they are right now?
1: Well, please reach out to us. We want you to join our email list and find out more about our ministry. We we send out regular updates on a weekly basis about what we're doing and and what's going on in this, this arena. Download the Bible app. And we actually have a text back campaign where you can actually text the word Bible to the number 62953. That's 62953. If you text that number and text the word Bible to that number, 62953, you'll receive a link and you can download the audio Bible immediately and start listening. When you do that, you engage with us. You have to register. The only thing we ask for is, and it's free to you, the only thing we need from you is just put your email address in. Just give us your name and email address, and then we just simply want to engage with you. We're right now getting ready to add eight books of the Old Testament. So you'll get the New Testament right now. In the next 30 days, you'll have eight books of the Old Testament added to your audio Bible app. And we're still recording. We're $298,000 short of recording the rest of the Old Testament. The Old Testament's huge, as you know. Yeah, But it's valuable. There's so many rich stories rich accounts of men and women who have walked before us, who have walked difficult lives with great courage because of their relationship with the Lord. So it's so inspiring, every single book of the Bible. So we need to record that, and we need to get this Bible completed so that our inmates and every man and woman out there that wants to download this app will have a complete audio Bible in women's voices that really is making— you know, Museum of the Bible has a section in their Bible Museum that talks about how many languages are missing as far as that where the Bible is missing. And many, many mm-hmm. languages throughout the world is astounding, actually, how how many don't have access to God's Word. But this is another form and way for people to have access to God's Word. People that maybe have a difficult time reading or have had a difficult time with a man's voice. This is another avenue to reach the world for Christ. And like I said, we've got people all over the world really downloading it.
0: Yeah, I love that. And we'll, we'll make sure that we have that text as well in the show notes so that you guys can get that. I, I, really, I really do hope that everybody listening will have the opportunity to download this Bible and to at least check it out and consider how you might be involved as well. As we begin to wrap this up, you have quite a bit going on, Anne. And one of the things I want to know is how can we best pray for you?
1: Oh, please do pray for us. God is opening doors into more prisons. Pray that we'll have the resources that God will provide. We know he's providing. We don't know where that's going to come from. It may come from one of your listeners. It may come from one of the uh, foundations that we're reaching out to, but God knows where that's coming from. He's speaking to someone right now. So pray for us that God will begin to provide the resources to continue to minister to these women. We're giving print Bibles. Um, we've got those that are coming to go along with the audio Bible that'll be going into the prisons in the New Living Translation, or translation that they can follow along, actually, will help with their literacy. So pray for resources and pray for wisdom and discernment for us. Brian, you and I talked about that before we jumped on the call. Hmm. We just try to keep our hands open and stay humble because we know this is God's ministry, truly, And we want to do his will, not our will be done, but thy will be done. And so pray for God's will and pray for his way and pray for his provisions, um, both financially and in relationships.
0: Yeah, definitely. And for those that are listening, I would like to encourage you right now do pray for Anne and for the ministry. I think it's really important, and your prayers matter. What you do matters, and if you're like me, there's a really good chance, if you're thinking, oh, I'll do this tonight when I go to bed, or I'll do this tomorrow morning when I get up, there's a good chance you may forget. So I'm going to encourage you to just pause this and do it right now, because your prayers matter. Pray for Anne, pray for that wisdom and that discernment and the clarity and for the resources to do what God has to do. If you're part of that, definitely reach out to them, but definitely, for sure, pray for them. And I want to say just a huge thank you to you for taking the time to do this, for getting everything set up, and then for sharing what God's done in your life and what you're doing right now. Thank you so much.
1: Oh, thank you. And and please encourage everybody, go to courageforlife.org. That's courageforlife.org. And follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and just reach out to us. We really want to uh, hear how everybody's enjoying it, the Bible app and everything, the resources that we offer.
0: Definitely. Yeah. And we'll have all that linked up in the show notes for you so you can, you can go visit them and check them out right there. One more time, huge thank you to Ann White for being with us and for sharing from her story. All of the resources that we talked about, including the text number to get the, the Bible app sent right to your phone, all of that stuff linked up in the show notes at engagingmissions.com slash ann White. You'll also find ways to connect with her there. That's that's the place to go for all of that, engagingmissions.com slash ann White. Make sure that you come back next time. We're going to be hearing from Keith Giles about, among other things, about a church that gave away all of their money to the poor in their community. Really interesting story. I think you're going to really enjoy that. The best way to make sure that you don't miss that, if you haven't already, is to go ahead and subscribe to the show using your favorite podcast app. Engagingmissions.com slash subscribe is the place for that. And if you have a story of how you've been equipped or challenged or inspired through the Engaging Missions show, I'd love to hear from you. Send an email to feedback at engagingmissions.com. I'd really love to hear those stories about how God's been working in your life. Thanks again so much for being here this week. Really look forward to sharing the next episode with you when we talk with Keith Giles.